a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living that is exactly uh, what makes them extra to me, and I am very excited for you to meet them. Now, for those loyal listeners of MANA, and specifically uh, the mini MANA series that we ran last summer uh, with some emerging uh, men of faith, uh, today's guest uh, will not be a new name to you, uh, even if you haven't had the honor of meeting him personally yet. Uh, the reason you've heard his name before uh, is that he's probably been, and this is going to sound extreme, but he's <laughs> probably been the most cited name uh, referenced by guests on this show uh, other than Jesus. Okay, <laughs> so that's fairly a uh, fairly good company to keep. Um, another quite literal example of our guest keeping good company with Jesus is is actually the very reason why his name uh, has popped up so much on the show. Uh, he is both by trade and by nature, I think, a true apostle of Jesus, not just a disciple. Uh, or a student of the faith, which is awesome. And anybody listening and anybody we highlight, if, if all we ever do is, is rise to the level of being disciples, then that is a good life. Um, but this guest is a dedicated teacher and, and, and spreader of, uh, of the faith, just like those original 12 guys that Jesus hung out with. Um, in fact, uh, quick, quick little aside on that. I was watching, of all things, like I was watching some random like um, morning news show. This is a couple months ago, and somehow they got to talking about like the down, uh, the the downsizing or, or the uh, or whatever the downward spiral of uh, organized religion, specifically Christianity. You know, and nobody goes to jail. And this guy said, and he just said it so like kind of offhandedly that I don't think a lot of people even got. It. He said, "Hey." He said, until we get down to 11 people, we're going to be okay. <laughs> You're thinking like this whole church was built on the backs of 12 men. Anyway, um, back to our guest. As a leader, a director, a minister, a speaker, a musician, an inspirer, a thinker, a mentor, serving very large parishes, darn near corporation-sized parishes, he has not only affected the lives of thousands of youth and young adults— in their walk with Christ, um, but likely uh, when you multiply that by a power of two, an even greater number of grateful parents mm -hmm. of those youth, setting a wonderfully high bar for us to reach both as continuing examples for our kids and for each other. Now, when he's not working to make all of us better, which is very seldom, this guy works harder than James Brown in, in show business, he is shining his light on his wonderful wife and his now three kids? Four kids. Four kids. Oh my gosh, this is how long it's been since we've talked. <laughs> uh, and he brings the, uh, the great stories and love of his personal ministry with his family into his public uh, ministry as well, which is mm. just what's really, I've seen it. I've experienced it, seen it with my girls. That that's what makes those really deep connections mm -hmm. that last a lifetime. So, please welcome today's Mana Man and uh, and maker of Mana Men, uh, Corey Lacroix. Hey, Corey. Hey, Jeff. 
It is great uh, to have you here on on Mana, um, and we'll just kind of jump right into it. You know, the intro that I talked about um, skewed a little bit mm-hmm. uh, towards your work with young people because that's how we met, um, and that's I know you spent a lot of your time uh, with youth, but I know now you're doing more than that. You're mm-hmm. you know you're 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 you're, you're um, reaching out to young adults and, and men and, and and just and we'll talk about all that stuff uh, over the next half hour, but but. You know, I, I would like to to start with you know as we do with all of our guests. There's a, there's all these men are just wonderful in so many ways, but there's one there's there's one like just towering sort of like strength or gift that that makes them so special to me. And and, and yours selfishly for me was the influence that you had on our four daughters mm. and all of their friends. And and like I mentioned, you know the young men that I interviewed last summer. Every single one of them, when I would ask the, like, so have you had a role model in your life? Every single one of them, Corey LaCroix. <laughs> Every single one, you know, and, and, wow. and it was just so, uh, it was just so, it wasn't a surprise at all, but it was just such a, a reinforcement of just how gifted you are with connecting with youth. And again, we'll talk mm-hmm. about, about things beyond youth, but I'd love to start there. Mm-hmm. When and why are you so good at it? And when did you realize that you had this, you know, it's, it's, it's like a charism, you know, mm-hmm. of just really connecting with, with young people and just not just connecting them to be a buddy, you know, and play Xbox, but really like taking even the most, you know, surprisingly, you know, connected faith teens, like you bring that out in them that, it, and, and it's just, it is just wonderful. So I just want to know where, like, how do you do it? It's a tall order for today, huh? Yeah. Wow. Well, first, it's just awesome to be here, uh, Jeff. And I just want to reciprocate and say, you know, thank you just for your witness and what you're doing here with this podcast. Um, I'm I'm excited for our conversation today and excited to kind of journey with the other men who and and women, I guess, who are listening to this podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, as we uh, each, you know, take a step at a time, right? Um, yeah, when it comes to youth, I would say, I think I have to rewind back to when I was a young person myself as a teenager, you know, almost 20 years ago. And I had really, um, I had adults who entered into my life at really significant moments who were real with me, who were honest with me, um, who accepted me right where I was at, um, and were willing to take some of those steps when it came to growing in my faith, mm-hmm. uh, both both through invitation, but also through just acceptance of you know, I wasn't, I wasn't expected to have it all together at all. early on. It was just like, you know, come as you are and one step at a time, you know. Um, so that would be the first thing. I just I had adults in my life who were there at uh, really significant moments. Do you um, feel like you were, as a young person, do you feel like you were a, uh, a hard kid to get through to? Or were you, did you grow up in a real, you know, kind of um, yeah. church filled spiritual kind of a thing or or was like what was it like connecting yeah, with yeah. a young Corey LaCroix you know? <laughs> uh you know that's a funny that you ask I um and my, my parents might say different but from what they've told me when I was a child um even from the early years of two and three and four uh was was saying hi to people in the stores was eager to connect and mm-hmm. I mean I I I think the the barriers in the lines between maybe groups of people, between ages, uh, between you know, uh, just any label uh, that you you might name. I think those are something that I was kind of unaware of in a really naive, innocent way. 
um, early on as a kid and even entering into middle school and high school just and I think part of that's just a gift you know that that God's given me um, Mm -hmm. to be able to receive people right where they're at you know the desire to know and connect and you know just that belief that everybody has a story right Mm -hmm. everybody has something incredible about them um, just by the very fact that they're made in the image and likeness of God. You know, yeah. there's something good there to discover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When did, Was there a time, though, because w- w- obviously now you're doing this as an adult yeah. f- for both young and old people. Like, do you, was there a moment when you recognized that, okay, this gift that I've been given, because you could yeah. use that to do a lot of things. For you sure. You could sell cars. You could be a TV personality. I mean, this mm-hmm. ability to connect. When did you realize that? No, I want to. I'm, I'm going to do this. You know, kind of for yeah, for God. You know, yeah, right, right, right. yeah. It's a great question. Um, yeah, when I uh, first went to college, I wanted to know more about my faith. You know, I had a lot of questions, and so I w- originally went to school up at uh, the, the St. John's University up in Collegeville, <laughs> and uh, I started. I was studying mathematics and theology, and I had every intention of being a teacher and uh, doing something with math and. Theology was kind of like this side project for me early on. You know, I, just, I was curious and I wanted to know. And so I'm here. I might as well spend some time learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the course of the next couple years, um, I found that my heart started to change. And I started experiencing this desire to um, share, share uh, what God had done in my own life and the happiness that I had found with other people. Uh, and I would say I can actually point to a really one specific day. I was going from theology class to uh, differential uh, differential equations, and I was sitting in my Diffy Q class. And after I left the class, I realized that I hadn't heard a word my professor said. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about the theology class that I just got out of. And the thing we were talking about is the communion that exists between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and how. God invites us into that divine, perfect communion of love and peace and kindness mm-hmm. and joy and acceptance. And um, my, my head was just spinning. And I left the class, and it was almost like as I, the second I got out the class, I realized I didn't hear a word. I didn't hear a word the, the professor said. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to serve the church. And I didn't know at that moment what that meant, um, but I was just, hundred percent convicted. And so I picked up my phone and I called my dad and I said, um, and a little afraid dad, I think I'm supposed to serve the church. I think I'm supposed to, you know, journey with people. Uh, I don't know what that means, but I think I'm going to drop my math major. And my dad said to me, um, I know I've seen this coming. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And so it was just like th- these words of affirmation yeah. for me. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. What year was that? Uh, I was a sophomore in college. That's great. Yeah, I do feel like when I see you um, again, whether whether it's in front of young people, but also you know, parents, anybody, you know, you you for um, hopefully I'm not dating myself. You'll get this, but <laughs> <clears throat> Michael Jordan, basketball, <clears throat> you know, talked a lot about when he was at his height and he'd get into this into this just this zone, you know, and he talk about flow, mm-hmm. where you know it was just. He'd be on the court and he literally like everything would go in everything like everything just moves and just it's almost this 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 not unconscious but just this otherworldly thing where just everything is so natural. I feel like 
and maybe this is what you felt um, mm-hmm. back at, 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 at on campus that it's just you you're in this space where you just and I don't mean to um, trivialize it by the next thing I'm going to say, but you just make it look so easy. Mm. You know what I mean? The words just come out of your mouth, and they're so inspired. You know, and I just and 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 again going back to the connection with youth, I think having youth art myself, you know, a lot, it's that's hard. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's a little bit, it's even hard to make connections with, you know, fully functioned and, uh, you know, <laughs> fully functioning adults <laughs> who are paying attention, <laughs> much less teenagers yeah. who are really distracted and coming from a variety of ways. So, right. did, but do you feel like that when you are in front of young people, whether it's speaking or at a retreat, that do you just feel like you're just in this flow, you know? And <laughs> um, I would say sometimes, I think like when I'm on, um, like when I'm in my best place, like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I think there's no secret that, uh, like other parts of life, like if you don't prepare for something and then you walk in and you're like, okay, God, I didn't prepare for this presentation or I didn't prepare for this, this meeting. You got to come through here. <laughs> like that sometimes doesn't work out, you know? So it's not always the case, but I would say, you know, a lot of that is was work, you know, it's if I'm going to work with young people, whether that's uh, a teen, a 13 year old or it's a 25 year old, have I put my time into studying what's what, what are 13 year olds thinking about? What mm-hmm. do they care about? Mm-hmm. Do they, tr- why do they trust people? You know, what, what attributes to that? What are the key questions they're wrestling with? Um, if I don't know kind of the frame of reference that they're coming to the conversation with, how am I going to speak to that conversation, speak to them? Yeah. You know, when did you, so you're at, you're in college, you're, you, you now you realize that there's a call that you have to, that you're, you got to answer. Mm-hmm. How, how, how did you find yourself initially working yeah. with youth? Yeah. So, uh, I would say two things were pretty instrumental. The first was at, at St. John's and St. Ben's, they had a program called Youth and Theology Ministry. It was designed for theology majors um, who were exploring and discerning a call to, to serve in the church. And so I jumped into that program for a couple summers as a summer camp counselor. It's a two-week program up at St. John's. And so I, was at, I think that was the first place that I really began to discern um, that, that possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second piece would probably just be happenstance. You know, I was, I was done with my degree at 20 years old and I needed a job. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I guess I can work with young people. So yeah. uh, applied, you know, I applied for some jobs. I interviewed at the first, the first church at, on my 21st birthday and wow. the rest is history. Yeah. Wow. So did you go to college early? I no, mean, I just finished a little early. Mm-hmm. Gifted. Yeah. <laughs> or I just yeah I just found out the credit requirement and yeah. went with that yeah yeah that's great mm-hmm. so so now as I mentioned earlier now you know you're working not just with youth where you know across the spectrum um, but and I think as adults a lot of times we think that when we are when we are um, um, adjusting content or reaching youth with whatever it is teaching them about basketball teaching them algebra teach them church stuff is that we're going to take the adult version of things mm-hmm. and we're going to make it we're going to either dumb it down or we're going to make it more cool or hip or whatever <laughs> but <clears throat> which is obviously not the case but, and so what i'm wondering though is yeah. 
have there been examples where you you have actually taken something that you've developed a communication strategy or something mm-hmm. that it's been designed for youth mm-hmm. and actually applied it the other way where where you're actually saying you know I did this actually for a 12 year old and this is going to work great for all you old people like has there been <laughs> anything or just lessons that you learned from working with youth for so many years that you're now actually applying to connect with, with yeah. older people yeah you know, I think that I think we as a church, and I say that broadly, are beginning to realize that some of our success in youth ministry um, over the last 20 to 30 years uh, can be translated to the ways in which we um, approach communities of people as, as a whole, right? So in youth ministry, kind of 101 is you have to build a relationship. You have to build a, a foundation of trust and get to know people. You mm-hmm. know, I'm going to tell you about the ABCs of Jesus without knowing your name, I'm probably not going to get very far. And so in the same way that we approach churches um, with, with a, and, and adults, we have to begin with that in mind. Like, do, do we know the people that are coming to our church? Mm-hmm. Are, we tr- are, are we establishing a place where people can come um, and take that step and be known, you know? And then from there, move to a place of like, what are you looking for? What are you, what are you desiring? What do you want to learn about? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rather than begin with, uh, let's talk about, let's talk about, you know, how you need to fix, fix yourself. Right. Right. You know, I don't want to have that conversation. Yeah, first. Maybe, yeah. maybe some people do, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> do you find, have you found whether it's in working with youth or their older counterparts, you know, this whole show is really, you know, trying to, you know, um, celebrate's probably too lofty of a word, but really just kind of um, reach men and or talk about kind of a, the unique ways that men may be expressing their faith, living their faith, you know, may, grappling with it. And probably, yeah. people will probably grapple if they're listening to this. <laughs> it's not, yeah, this isn't yeah. a grappling podcast. But, <laughs> but have you found... Um, are there differences in in reaching and connecting with you know boys versus girls or men versus women or is it is there or just a universality of like you say this relationship that you know you apply the same kind of instrument to both? Yeah, yeah. I think um, there's no question that the way that men learn and experience faith um, is is usually a little different. Um, I think in my experience, and this isn't always the case, you know, I'm, I'm, I am somebody, I'm a guy who likes to talk, right? Like you give me a microphone like today and we can talk for two hours, Jeff. And you know, the listeners on the Mana podcast are going to tune out, but you and I are going to be going strong, right? Uh, but I think the adage holds true, right? That men often learn better to shoulder to shoulder, right? And like, if we're going to spend time together, let's go do something, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I think there's that can be the case for some women, and but you know oftentimes maybe the women might have a, an easier likely or they might be more inclined to like let's sit around and talk, you know. Um, I think guys are like, well, let's sit around and do like what can mm-hmm. we do, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So not always the case. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's I don't want to paint a broad brush, yeah. but I would say yeah, I think there's something there. Yeah. yeah. Did you have? Do you remember any moments um, where? Um, and I, I hate to, I hate to uh, um, sort of perpetuate a stereotype, but yeah. you know, when, when I think of, you know, reaching out to, to the because I think I think young 
girls, teenage girls, are at least more polite than maybe sometimes boys are with at least, you know, like being sort of like respectful and quiet and and they may be bored out of their mind and you're not connecting at all, but they're not um, overtly like... Obstinate. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Have you had any, have you had, and and I get this just because I hear about your influence on these, on these, on these young men now, but uh, were there any examples or, 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 or moments where along the way you broke through to a young man and it was just like it was like cracking the code you know mm. or, or or do you feel like it was just something that you know everybody sort of came along mm. at the same time or are there any examples of where you just felt like oh mm-hmm. my gosh that was just like mm-hmm. you know we had a little bit of a breakthrough there yeah you know i think actually i can think of two immediate stories and you know one's a young man one's a young woman the first uh it's my first event with young people at uh at holy name of jesus and uh there was this young woman sitting in the hallway and we had just start. we were about to start the session. I was like, we're gonna get started. And she's like, and she just said it like out loud. I don't effing want to be here. Mm. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you say to that? <laughs> and uh, I said, okay. All right. All right. You know what? Like, I'm not going to force you to come in. Um, you know, I'll come connect with you in 30 minutes. How's that sound? You know? And so we did the thing and I just went and talked to her and, by the end of the year, uh, she was she was in, you know, just wow. you know, she was provided a space by her her small group leader um, to kind of to to not be forced through the journey, you know. She, she I think she claimed her freedom and then was willing to to kind of enter in because of that. The second um, example I remember a, one retreat in particular, a young man um, was on retreat. He had he uh, was doing the retreat. Uh, because of a confirmation requirement and it's kind of dinking around you know as the the young guy who had to knock on the door at one o'clock in the mm-hmm. morning and he's standing in the middle of the room keeping everybody up and uh, Saturday night rolled around and um, I could just he's just sitting there with his arms crossed and his head down and um, you, you could tell he was withdrawn and I just went out and I said hey is it okay if I just pray for you and he said sure you know and I just started praying over him, and before I started, I said, you know, I just want you to know, like, like God of the universe loves you personally, intimately, and uh, I just hope you experience that tonight, you know, that he makes his love known to you. And as I started to pray, he just started to weep. Wow. Um, later to find out, really struggled with his relationship with his dad, mm. you know, and so when he's struggling with his relationship with his father on earth, it's hard to believe, right, that my father in heaven is good sure. and he loves me, you know? So, I mean, those are two of, of many, but two that have stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you just know that, that for those, for every two that you remember, for every two that are, that are conspicuous, there are just, there's 2000 that just touch people that, you know, mm. that, that, uh, that you're influencing. So who, who you've been that guy to so many people young people and old people who are who are yours like who yeah. are, who have been your role models who have been and particularly men you know yeah. are, are there any throughout like go way way back yeah. to growing up have have there been men i know there have been so who have been sort of those men that have been those role models for you that you're like oh my gosh and yeah. you know that yeah jeff yeah i think i have first i'm so fortunate i feel like that i've had just an abundance of men in my life over the years 
you know, I mean, without saying my father, you know, I watched the way that he lived his faith, the way, and lives, and the way that he loved my mom um, mm-hmm. in good times and in bad. Uh, I remember going to my grandparents' house as a little boy and them dragging us up to, to the church to pray a rosary together. Um, I, I remember, I still remember having conversations with my grandpa and when he's talking about the love of Jesus, just the tears that flow from his eyes, wow. you know? So from an early age, I, uh, those are the two biggest. But then in middle school and high school, um, both men maybe just a few steps ahead, right? So when I'm in eighth grade, maybe a, a junior or senior in high school, when I'm in high school, you know, a, a guy in college, when I'm in college, you know, a mentor uh, at the university, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, just some the names, some of the names that roll off the tongue, you know, Jeff, Dr. Jeff Castor was a huge influence when I was in college. Um, when I was in middle school, some guys like Joe Hermiting and Chad Anderson um, and, and in high school. And then my first my first rodeo of a first real time job, you know, guys like Chris Casteltz and Nate mm-hmm. Reinhardt, and you know, of course, different priests, you know. And then I, I also had saints, you know, as as I started to to read books and read theology, you know, there's there's thinkers that maybe aren't even alive today that make yeah. a big impact on you. Yeah. Like, and for me, it's you know, C.S. Lewis, Doctor Peter Grief, Saint Francis de Sales. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and actually, today, coincidentally, um, for um, the apostle that you are today is actually so the I've, when by the time people hear this listen to it um if you're out there people <laughs> it'll be past this but it's actually october 28th which is um feast day of um saint jude and simon and it's kind of think you now this is where i get over my skis you can correct me but i think it's uh it's a it's their feast day, but it's but the gospel reading today was all about the apostles mm-hmm. and all about Jesus picking his team and right. his squad and kind of going through. And so just when you, I think it's so cool when you can cite so many of these men that you know could kind of form like your own little posse of mm. of guys you know that that yeah. uh, have helped shape you and for sure. And your, I think you know, and I don't want to. I'm not trying to score brownie points, but I think. You know, to say that there's there was men in those early years of ministry for me, dads who were trying to live the faith. You know, I think you were one of them, Jeff. You know, I, oh my gosh. I, I'm going to share this on the Mana podcast at risk of getting in trouble, but I'll never forget the day when you came into my office, shut the door, and then cracked open two beers. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It was about, it was like, I'm in, right. let's go. We opened them on your, uh, <laughs> on on desk. your desk. I didn't we have, did a, the, yeah. Yeah, you didn't I have didn't a have beer opener. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh, gosh, that's yeah. right. I remember mm-hmm. that now. Oh, that was fun. Oh, that was great. <clears throat> All right. Well, since we are, uh, <laughs> since we've cracked that seal of funness, let's get to the, <laughs> let's get to the fun segment here. So this is, uh, for those that have listened, you know, this is, we ask, uh, we ask every guest the same three questions. They've had them in advance. Um, and so even if they kind of feign a little bit of uh, ignorance or like, oh, that was an interesting question. That's just a downright like. So Corey has had these questions, and even if he hasn't thought of his answer, he'll be quick on his feet. Uh, all right, so uh, fun segment question number one. Yeah. If you, uh, if Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow, yeah. and uh, you didn't have to go to work, but maybe you want to bring him to work, knocked on your door tomorrow and just wanted to hang out for the day. Yeah. You got a whole day with Jesus. What are you going to do with him? Yeah. Uh, this morning when I woke up, the gospel that I read was from Matthew chapter eight, and this wasn't, it was totally coincidence, um, or providence. You take you, you pick, you know, uh, and it was a story of the, the Roman centurion, right? Like Jesus, there's a story in Matthew eight, right? Jesus heals a leper who's face to face with him. And, 
Uh, and then immediately after that, there's a story of uh, the centurion going to Jesus, right? And he said, you know, Lord, I'm not worthy, but, you know, only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Um, so I think that'd be my first <laughs> reaction, right? Like Jesus shows up and I'm like, oh, I'm not worthy, Jesus, <laughs> no, but okay. like say the word, you know? And yeah. so, and then in that vein, um, you know, so many of my powerful encounters with the Lord have been him healing me, you know, from, um, from sin, from, from doubt, from fear, uh, you name it. And so I think that'd probably be, and it might be a little intense, but to, to say like, what do you want to, what do you want to do Jesus today? You know, yeah. like you probably should heal me. I probably need some of that. <laughs> but then like, there's all these other people in my life, you know, people are struggling with health things and, yeah. you know, do you want to go see them? You know, do you want to, you want to see my kids? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then probably just, you know, follow his lead, I suppose. Yeah, I, I know that. that's such a cop out, but no, I love actually love I love the healing tour idea. I think that would be because that would be just like all right, let's go, let's hop, yeah. let's hop in. We're gonna make the rounds, and that would be such a yeah, such a gift. But I just love that question. You know, I don't want to extend this too much. Like I think that that's a helpful question for us, mm-hmm. right? That if God physically shows up to your door, what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Because the truth is, is that God did physically show up two thousand years ago like physically walk the earth and then like he physically shows up at every mass yeah right right and so i think that's a good question to kind of ponder on right because like whatever i would do on that day why not do that today right, right? like right. something that's some infer- that's some encouragement for me like maybe there's some healing i got to do with mm-hmm. him now you know mm-hmm. well and i th- also think the there's a there's a tangibility about you know kind of that question and and really thinking about you know because you're right i mean god there there it's not that it never happens but but do we live as if do we acknowledge that happens and and so i'm totally ripping off another uh, i know we share a a fondness for father mike schmitz and i remember there was a, a homily that that he where he was sharing something to the effect of if god only knew um what you share with him in prayer if, if that's the only thing if that if that content yeah. was the only thing that he ever knew about you yeah. say he wasn't all knowing and the only thing he ever knew was what you you know consciously shared in prayer yeah. how well wow. would jesus know wow. you and then again that has stuck with me because i'm like I gotta start sharing a lot more. Because <laughs> you know right. if that's right, all he's right. getting, he's getting like so true. random stuff and yeah. not because I'm just assuming that, oh yeah, and you know all the rest of that stuff. But there's yeah. something about whether it's in that question about experiencing it, going through even the most pedestrian of things and knowing that you can go through them with Jesus. Yeah. There's no reason you can't. Yeah. Just like prayer. There's no reason you shouldn't be thinking about sharing. And he's not going to get bored. He's not going to be like, I already knew that. Tell me something I didn't know. Oh, wait a right, I knew right. that too. <laughs> right, right. Right. I mean, you think, if you think about a, a little kid coming to their dad, right? When your four-year-old says, dad, dad, I got to tell you, like, I read this thing or I saw this thing. Like, you would never say to your kid, like, oh. I already knew that, buddy. Right? Because what happened? You crush him, totally, you know? Totally, mm-hmm. totally. Oh, right. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Fun segment question number two. Yeah. If you could go to church. With any other guy, living or dead, mm-hmm. famous or not, you don't even you wouldn't even had had to know him. Yeah, um, who would you go with? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about this question for a while, um, and uh, 
this is a little obscure, but when I, in 2016, I had the opportunity to go to Poland for World Youth Day. And while we were there, uh, we were staying in Krakow, in Krakow, Poland, and we went to Mass at this church there called St. Florian's. It was the teenage church of St. John Paul II. And while St. John Paul II was a teenager, it was just him and his dad. His mom had died um, when he was nine years old. His older brother had died when he was 12. His little sister died when she was a baby. So it was just the saint, John Paul II, and his dad. And his dad's name was also Carol Otiwa. Hmm. And, like, I just want to be a good dad, Jeff. And so, I, you know, I said, I would like to go to church with JP2's dad, whose name was also Carol Otiwa. Because John Paul II said that was his first monastery. Like, wow. that's where he learned to pray. It was from his dad. Wow. You know, and like, I want my kids to, to say that, right? Like, where did you first learn to pray? Well, my mom and dad, you know? Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. That's really great. I was talking to somebody who was, who was saying one of his earliest memories was seeing his dad every night on his knees mm-hmm. praying. And that was yeah. one of his first memories of his dad. And just what a gift that is <clears throat> for a young person to, to see that, you know, yeah. to see it's that. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And simple, but good. All right, last question. Um, uh, fun segment, question number three. And this is a hard one for you because you've spent your whole vocation, now your vocation, as a, that's as a husband, but your your trade yeah. as in this, you deal in this last question. <laughs> if you, so you're just asking me to pick some of your greatest hits. If you could give some advice, if you could get, yeah. get some advice to a younger man, mm-hmm. just about being comfortable in his faith. Yeah. Not necessarily going out to save the world, right. but just feeling confident. Um, what have you said or what or what you know, what do right. you say? Right, right. Uh yeah. I would say we can only be in confident in what we know. We it's it's hard or impossible to be confident in what we're unsure of or what we don't know. Mm. So if we want to be confident in our faith, we have to be willing to put ourselves in a position of possibility. Right. I love that. So like Where's that position of possibility for you? You know, I would say when it comes to confidence, like it's impossible to be confident in faith aside from prayer. So like the position of possibility must include prayer. When it comes to faith, um, it's impossible to be confident in faith without worshiping God on Sunday, right? So put put yourself in the position of possibility where, where God will show up and he sh- told us where he will show up. Mm. And then I think, you know, which lends itself to this podcast uh, put yourself in a position of possibility with other men, you know, like trying to trying to navigate life alone is tough. Trying to navigate life by yourself or faith by yourself is impossible. Mm-hmm. Right. So who are the guys on your right and your left who yeah. they don't got to be saints. They don't got to be perfect. But like we're doing this thing together, you know, <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, oh, that's great. Corey LaCroix, thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff. This is, this is awesome. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.